huge. Right now, we have a special guest with us for the broadcast before we bring you the uh, speech from Vegas. Uh, pastor, civil rights activist, and freshly minted surrogate for Bernie Sanders campaign, uh, Dr. Franz Whitfield joins us. How are you doing, sir? Doing real good, real good. Thank you guys so much for having me tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. It's a great honor. Um, you're also, uh, you know, of course you're here to talk about becoming surrogate for the Bernie Sanders campaign, but also to discuss some breaking news coming to us tonight on the lack of an indictment in the Tamir Rice case. Um, what are your thoughts on that, and how is it affecting, you know, uh, just the overall movement going forward? Well, uh, I, I think the uh, the recent uh, results that came out today from the Tamir Rice case uh, really was something that wasn't a surprise, uh, and I, I really don't think it was a surprise to the uh, African-American community, uh, but I also think that it uh, isn't a surprise uh, just to the entire country uh, as a whole. And, uh, and I guess uh, what this recent uh, uh, situation is saying uh, is that uh, local law enforcement uh, is able to get away with anything at this point and, uh, and not be punished uh, for what they've done. Uh, it, is, it, is a, it is a sad indictment uh, when we as people of the community uh, don't have faith and trust uh, in our local law enforcement. Uh, if you look at the motto of several police departments across the country, uh, their mottos are to protect and to serve. And, uh, and, and that's something that we just don't feel. Uh, we don't feel like we're being protected and we don't feel like we're being served. Uh, so I, I think it was a slap in the face um, but at the same time, it wasn't it wasn't surprising. Interesting. Now, as far as breaking it down and and going forward as possible, you know, alternatives or at least uh, some way of solving these problems. It's not all just better training and stuff like that, right? Something has to change as far as the actual institutionalized racism that's somehow been built into these uh, establishments. Is that correct, or what, do you, what are your feelings on that? Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Uh, I feel that we're in a uh, modern-day civil rights movement. And, uh, and, and what, I, what I mean by that is, is that uh, uh, everything that took place during the civil rights movement, um, um, people being beaten, killed, uh, by police, uh, it's it's happening now, uh, in in this present day, and uh, and times are are changing. Uh, when it when it comes to real change in the communities, the heart of the communities, uh, I I really feel like we shouldn't be going backwards, but I feel like we should be going forward, and uh, and I think that we're slowly going backwards and that's that's a scary thing uh, because at, you know when it gets to that point uh, you really don't know uh, how to feel right right uh, how do you feel as far as I mean mainstream media obviously is only showing a certain amount of 
what is questionably, you know, subjective content, really, especially if you're looking at, like, Fox propaganda news and stuff like that. How important is it for alternative media, you know, truly alternative media that is free of corporate oversight and... Um, how important is it for those sorts of mediums to kind of be highlighted in this day and age and in this movement? Are they? Do you see that as an integral part of the movement? Well, I don't think uh, I don't think any of us have ever uh, saw anything positive uh, about news media, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and and Bernie Bernie TV. Uh, you guys are, are one of a kind uh, because you guys actually focus on the positive. Um, but uh, I've never seen a news station that focuses on the positive because nobody really wants to see positive stuff on TV. When they turn on the news, they want to hear about what's going wrong around the country instead of what's positive. And, and, and that's not just happening uh, with the black community like Tamir Rice. Uh, they're focusing on that on the news, you know, the bad uh, outcome that took place. Uh, you know, also with Freddie Gray in uh, in Baltimore, they want to do a retrial. Uh, and and even even with Bernie Sanders, uh, with the media blackout, uh, they they don't want to focus on the positives. So I think uh, I think you know we have a great expectation for the news media. But I don't really think there's any hope uh, in in the media at this point. Uh, so you know, it's kind of like uh, going on in one ear and coming out the other. You know, by saying what we really want. How do you feel about the fact that many of these, I guess, the way that so many people are being driven to these extreme examples of politics on the right? You've got Trump, who's kind of exploiting extremes on that side and then on your side on uh, the left you've got Sanders who's exploiting these kind of more uh, you know outside the box strategies and going away from you know third way uh, democratic policies that you know you know were kind of brought in by the Democrats in the 90s to try and battle Republicans uh, do you have any thoughts about how the Republicans passed with just kind of getting separate from separated from ideals of the common American. Uh, do you have any in, you know input on that sort of thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you know, I I honestly, um, you know, my 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 answer to that is politics has changed uh, tremendously uh, in in the past. You know. 15, 20 years, it, it has changed tremendously. And uh, it seems like now at, at this point uh, in this upcoming election that uh, the seriousness uh, of, of politics really isn't there. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, when, when you, especially, you know, looking at the Republican Party, uh, the seriousness isn't there. And, uh, and you hear, you know, a lot of Republican voters you know, talking about how, you know, they don't really have faith in the candidates that's representing their party. And, uh, and that's, that's a sad indictment. Uh, there's no real serious candidate. Uh, and then when you get to the Democratic Party, 
you know, even with Hillary Clinton, you know, you just don't see the sincerity uh, in in what she's saying uh, because she's she's a, a, a easy flip flopper uh, who who changes her mind and changes her conversation uh, to kind of go with the crowd. And uh, and and even though I'm a support a supporter of Bernie Sanders, you know, uh, he's one of the most sincere candidates that we'll ever have. And so that's why it's very crucial that people get out and vote in this election and to make sure that they make the right choice uh, because we have the opportunity to do that now instead of, you know, a year or two down the line complaining, you know, that they don't like their president. Right. Uh, so po politics has changed tremendously for the worst. Yes, agreed. And I think that's what's starting to, you know, it's just all been built up and stemmed and it's come to a head, and now you have this rush, uh, you know, a media and political revolution, you know, that we're kind of in the midst of. Um, do you, uh, let's see here. Uh, I got a question. I got a question. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. yeah everybody, and, and thank you, you know, everybody, just, just so you know, I mean, we, we did really throw this together in a few hours, and there's been a lot of activity today, not just with this, uh, 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 this not very positive information uh, 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 regarding Tamir Rice. Um, Dr. Whitfield, uh, you know, my, my question to you is very simple. What do you think should be done? Um, what do you think should change within the justice system? What would you like to see changed? That's what I think. No. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, think, I think what needs to be changed is, uh, is that, number one, uh, people really need to uh, be more passionate about uh, about their 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 local law uh, local law enforcement, and meaning is, people need to know what their rights are. Uh, if a if a police officer pulls you over, and tries to challenge you, uh, you know nine times out of ten, you know, we're going to be arrested. The African Americans are going to be arrested because they don't know what their rights are. So it's very important, very crucial that people learn up on their on their rights, and not not just the black community, but uh, but all all races need to know, uh, you know, what what the law is. Um, but then also, you know, a few a few uh, years ago, I had uh, one of the local uh, sheriffs come to my office, and uh, he shared with me that uh, young people. You know, when they graduate high school, uh, a lot of them don't have a passion to work in law enforcement, and uh, especially when it comes to African Americans. And there is a, a small uh, ratio of minorities working in their local police departments. And that's one of the things that uh, Bernie Sanders is running his campaign off of, is saying that the police departments need to reflect what the communities look like and and you don't you don't see a lot of that and uh, you know a lot of you know a lot of people within the black community they they don't want to put the effort into it and uh, if if we would just kind of suck it up and stand up on our two feet and uh, you know make an effort to try it out you know and I mean 
anything is possible. You know, we need to see more more of us on, on the police department. So it just needs to reflect that. I like that. That's a nice way to put it. It's uh, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, community justice or restorative justice. And, and mm -hmm. have you ever heard of those terms? Uh, yeah, yes, yes, sir. Yeah, uh, and I'm I'm a big fan of what Longmont, Colorado, is doing there, and they've uh, they've transformed their entire community. And they had very similar situation to what Ferguson uh, uh, had, uh, and this was uh, 20 years ago for them. Actually, longer than that. They had a they had a situation in the early 80s in Longmont, Colorado, where uh, two uh, Hispanic people were murdered by cops, and it was dirty and there was a problem, and uh, they they changed their entire community uh, starting then. Uh, to to uh, bring the community back into law enforcement, like you're saying, it took a lot longer. They they really started a process in, in the mid 90s, uh, but today they have a, a law enforcement that actually is built up from the community, and uh, because of restorative justice, they have a 10% recidivism rate in crime, and that's that's across the board, right? And that's the kind yeah, of change, yeah. you know, I, what I'd like to see is Bernie Sanders, the reason I'm telling you this is because I, I really, as we, as you and I, we've talked uh, uh, privately about uh, creating a show together and, and an ongoing series uh, to address the issues of the black community because they're ignored by corporate media. And right. uh, I would like to, you know, bring you into a discussion with the city of Longmont, and I want to shine a giant spotlight on what this community has done. And I want Ber the reason I'm saying this is because I'm trying to get Bernie to look at restorative justice because I think that if we if we use the, the restorative justice is works from the ground up, it's community up, and that's exactly how we need to reform our system. It can't be legislative on down, and that's you know that's the problem right now is you've got a bunch of people in power, and you've got and and you've got everybody in the community without power, and and, and right. minorities minorities in particular. Are are given the least amount of power, the least amount of voice. Yeah, yeah, you know, and there's and there's great there's great potential, you know, even even you know myself, uh, you know, I'm, you know, I'm a I'm a well respected person within my community, and I and I have a lot of uh, partnerships and relationships uh, with uh, some major people uh, in in the community of which I live. Uh, but uh, a lot of people still don't know who I am, uh, as as popular as I I may seem, you know, to to a lot of people. But a lot of people really don't know uh, who I am, and that's because there's such a divide, there's such a racial divide in the community, and uh, you know, the Caucasians, you know, the whites, you know, whoever else, you know, uh, they don't want to come over to the black community and the black community doesn't want to go over into their community and so there's there's a racial divide and if we would just put our differences aside and if we would just look at the broader you know aspect of things and look at the bigger picture there's a lot of things that we can accomplish it doesn't just have to be a black thing it doesn't have to be just a white thing right. but it's about the community it's an it's about an everybody thing and, and uh... Uh, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right, and I, I you know, uh, I think I'm a little older than you are, uh, but I, I can tell you this: I know I, I know I'm older than you. Are. <laughs> but, but I feel I, so good about that. Yeah. <laughs> but listen, 
I, I hate to say it, but I see history not only repeating itself, but kind of sliding backwards. I think. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, you and I, neither of us was around for the for in 1965 and and, and the that era of the civil rights movement. Um, mm -hmm. You know, but I think we saw a change happening. And then somewhere, I don't know what happened, I don't know when it happened, but when we saw corporate media and we saw our government shift from being our protector to being our abuser, right? um, and I mean that across the board, but really it started with minorities, it started with the poor, it started with the disenfranchised that were already there. You know? And then what grew out of that is the same separation, the same you're not like me and I'm not like you and I don't want to know you. That we had before 1965. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and we're, you know, and we are, uh, like I said, you know, I said it, and you just said it. You know, we're actually going backwards, and this yes. really feels, this really feels like it's the civil rights movement, uh, only without the no colors allowed and the whites only signs. Well, uh, you're right. There's, right. yes, yeah. yeah. Sorry, and, go ahead. You know, and there, and there, there's still. You know, even in, in Iowa, you know, there's some towns and cities in Iowa. You know, I drive all over the state and, uh, you know, on the highway and stuff when I'm traveling. And there's some towns and cities in Iowa that I will never stop in. Uh, I want to, but as, as hungry as I am and as thirsty as I am, uh, I will I will not stop and go into a gas station or a restaurant because I know all the attention and focus is going to be on me, wow. and it's an uncomfortable feeling. And so you know times times have changed a whole lot since the '60s, but it's going back slowly. And some people are still in that mentality uh, of I stay on my side and you stay on yours. Agreed, and and we just uh, we've just changed uh, the the names a bit on it, right? If it's not black people now, it's Hispanic people. If it's not Hispanic people now. It's uh, you know what country are they coming from? Who are they? Right. It doesn't matter. Let's pick somebody to pick as different and a reason to disenfranchise and not allow. It's just it's disgusting, and I gotta just say uh, I'm gonna apologize on behalf of the United States. Uh, I wish I could make the sweeping changes myself, but I am. I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed yeah. of this nation. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, I, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't live, I didn't live in the, you know, civil rights era. Uh, my, uh, my father did. My grandparents did. Uh, they, they told me stories, you know, about how they were treated as, uh, as African Americans, and, uh, but to this day, and I do something. And I really haven't told anyone this ever before, uh, except for my wife. But uh, what what I do is when I go to a hospital or uh, a shopping mall or uh, wherever, uh, what I do is I always stop at the water fountain and get a drink of water, because there are some people who didn't have that opportunity back in the 60s they couldn't just drink from any water fountain and so every time I see a water fountain I take a drink uh, because people died so that I could have a right to take a drink out of that water fountain. Wow.
That's powerful. That's a powerful statement, and it's scary. It's scary to, to, that you would live, have to live in that fear, that fear of knowing right. that it could right. possibly. Right. I mean, and I got to say that because I look at the words, I hear the words that come out of Trump's mouth. And I go, this is a man that is talking yeah. about the same kind of hatred, the same kind of separation. It's just using different words, but he's pushing yeah. the same kind of hate message. Yeah. And, and and the thing the thing is is that we need to start taking things seriously. You know, yes. now as as much as much as, as Trump is saying, if he actually gets into the White House, God forbid, if he gets into the White House, these things that he's talking about, we we, we don't know if he's gonna do it or not. I mean he has said so many things uh out of line that's scary. I mean talking about uh, sending blacks uh, back to Africa, uh, you know, doing doing all types of stuff. I mean, it sounds funny to people, uh, but it's not funny. It's it's a real scary thing that we could actually have a Donald Trump in the White House. Yeah, I don't think. I, I think that the, one of the sad things is people, and this must be all generations, are too far removed from what happened in World War Two. Too far removed from the reality of, of, of yeah. what happened in Nazi Germany. And I'm sorry to say, but Donald Trump is exactly the same kind of person. And he's sensationalized the idea of murdering yeah, people yeah. because of who they are. He's sensationalized the idea of racism and bigotry. And he's actually got people believing that it's a good idea. And that scares the hell out of me in this country. Because it doesn't take long for that to become a book. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't take long for that to become, you know, where's your star? And, and, and it's, uh, it's scary. And, and we do have to wake up. And then the other thing is yeah. that anybody who says, well, this is why we have to all bound together and vote for Hillary Clinton because she is the only one that has a chance to win. i got to say, uh, anybody who thinks Hillary is going to do anything to stop the money train from private prisons uh, is, is insane. She, she's yeah. lying. She will not stop that train. She makes bank off that train, and she makes money off that train by putting minorities in jail. Yeah, That's yeah. how it works, and by keeping the system corrupt. I have no faith in Hillary Clinton to do anything, to reform anything in the justice system, because she makes money from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, that's the absolute truth. That's the absolute truth. Yeah, and it, and it's, it, it, hurts, it hurts very bad, uh, you know, especially during this presidential election. It yes. hurts real bad, you know, that she's going around speaking at, uh, different colleges and universities and all these different functions and she she will not get on stage she will not accept the invitation uh, unless she's getting uh, what she asked for uh, I think I just read somewhere where uh, you know she was uh, invited to speak uh, somewhere at a I think at a university and uh, they didn't offer her enough money and her response was, "Is that uh, uh, well? That that's an invitation from my daughter. I'll send Chelsea to speak." Wow, <laughs> wow. that tells yeah. you. So, and, there were, and this is perfect because we're going to bring it, uh, bring it, bring it back around here to talking about this and, and the election and Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. uh, when you <laughs> yeah. seriously. How how much more yeah. how much more blatant can it get? People, yeah. when, when you talk about supporting the uh, Hillary Clinton, you talk about supporting big money. 
you're supporting the very people that are putting you down already. And let me say something about that because, you know, yes. Obama was like the man of the people, right? And let me just jump in right now and say that, you know, Obama was being sincere, I think, when he was running, you know, on all these principles, some of them that he wasn't able to really meet. And I think part of it was that he got scared. People told him, hey, you're doing good, but if you want to win all the, the primaries and you want to be the Democratic, you know, electee, you're going to have to take big money. And he got scared, and he took it, and he won, and that's great. But he ended up being having his hands tied by a lot of things other than just a Congress that was a do-nothing Congress. So the fact yeah. that Sanders is running without this dark money, without this unprecedented amounts of dark money, which isn't even working as well as it has in past years, just ask Jeb Bush, but, you know, it's still just the fact that he, we know, He's just been mm -hmm. vehemently against any, uh, uh, any, any kind of big money, any kind of donations from uh, of that sort, and I think that's just a huge, huge asset to his campaign. And and I, and I think what people have to realize is is that President Obama accomplished uh, a lot uh, in, his, uh, in his two terms as president. Sure. Um, he wasn't he wasn't able to get everything done, but he accomplished a whole lot. And he doesn't get uh, the proper credit that he deserves, and and I think it's very important to relate that to uh, to Bernie supporters is that uh, when Bernie Sanders gets the Democratic nomination and when he becomes the president, people need to understand that uh, if he is a two-term president, uh, that he may not be able to get everything done in that eight years that he may want to. But uh, he's sure going to try his damnedest uh, to get it done, and, and I and I really believe he is. There's, there's no there's no better candidate than Bernie Sanders right now. Absolutely. I mean, the first couple of years alone are going to be fighting to, you know, the House and Senate, and hopefully, hopefully, winning over that. You know, and yeah, absolutely, it's a slow road. I mean, I always like to say that you can't ever really move a democracy uh, an extreme. Uh, way right if, if if you know Obama wanted to move it all the way left you know it's just those institutional powers pulled his him to the right so that he did like you said I mean, yeah. he's gonna historically go down as one of the most progressive presidents just because of so many of the things he did uh, but again yeah. you know the war hawks kept him in the Middle East uh, right, and, right. You know, I truly believe that you know and so it's just the way it is right right. Absolutely, absolutely, and and the funny thing is, is that, and it's a sad thing, is that people they, they can't find anything negative on Bernie. Uh, and what candidate do you know <laughs> where you really haven't heard anything negative? I mean, you know, uh, I mean, we did have the recent uh, incident uh, with the uh, the voter database that came out, uh, but if you remember when President Obama ran his first election. Uh, there was a lot of things that came out in the midst of the election, like the you know the Reverend Jeremiah Reverend Jeremiah Wright issue out of Chicago, right. uh, just just small stuff. But he was he was able to get past that, and and Bernie's going to get past this, and uh, and I really just truly believe in my heart uh, that that Bernie Sanders is is going to be our next president. I really believe that. Yeah, it sort of goes back to that Rove style uh, that he brought. Where you know it used to be that candidates would attack 
the weaknesses of their opponent. And then he he came in and told Bush, I believe it was, to attack Kerry on something that he was boasting, his his military background. You know, he had several Purple Hearts. He was a military hero. And so, you know, Karl Rove comes out and says, no, you got to attack him on the strong things, uh, you know, which was, of course, full of irony because Bush was, you know, uh, uh, infamously uh, trying to tried his best and did everything he could and used his daddy's powers to be to stay out of that war. Uh, but that's just the way Rove realized that the way to do it is to not boast yourself as much as try and tear down the other people. So like you say, they're always going to look for stuff. But of course, Bernie Sanders has been the type of politician where you're not going to find him flip-flopping because he's never needed to because he's never he's never played the game that way. You know, he yeah. always did it his way, and now it's finally everyone else is ready. He was always ready. It was the yeah. rest of us that, you know, that weren't ready to vote for him, and now everyone's yeah. ready, you know. Yeah, and, and, you know, and we're, we're at a time now in our country where we are, uh, we're really suffering right now. Uh, we're, we're, we're going through a terrible stage right now, uh, you know, with, uh, with law enforcement, and, uh, and and the criminal justice and uh, whoever the next president is, like I said, I believe Bernie is going to win. Uh, he's going to have a hard task uh, on his plate um, because there's some things that people are looking for, some things that people are expecting uh, to get done, uh, and and that that weight is going to be on the shoulders. Of, uh, of Bernie Sanders, and I and I really think that he could do it, uh, you know, especially and I and I go back to the black community because that's what uh, I'm a part of. Uh, Bernie Sanders is the only one who can deal with that, uh, you know. Like I said before, Hillary Hillary won't get out into the streets of the community. She won't she right. won't do that. Uh, she she won't go into the streets of Baltimore. She won't go to the streets of Cleveland. Uh, she she won't do that, you know. That's that's just not her that's not her style. Um, but uh, but that's Bernie's style, and uh, he will actually get out there on the picket lines with people, and say, look, I'm in this fight with you, and uh, and I I, I just want to see the same result that you guys want, and that's that's the type of president that we need. Absolutely, yeah. I. Uh... I believe that, you know, you, you see her out there doing all the typical pandering that most politicians have to do. She's hitting up the SNL. She's, you know, has the Abuelo uh, uh, controversy. I mean, because she's just, instead of just talking her mind and being herself and hoping that yeah, that is yeah. what, you know, she knows she can't do that, right? And so she has to play that game, and Bernie Sanders doesn't have to because no one expects him to. Right. No, no, not at all, not at all, not at all. So, and uh, well, he's, I believe he's he's one of them. No, um, good. I was gonna say, uh, I don't know if we ever officially asked you. Uh, now that you're the surrogate for Bernie Sanders' campaign, uh, what actually does that instill uh, for the future of the campaign? And well, you? well, um, what that entails is is. Uh, uh, the the campaign they'll be sending me across the country uh, to talk to different uh, organizations, different community leaders, uh, different groups of people 
uh, who may or may not be in support of Bernie. So my job uh, is to kind of go out there and kind of uh, give them the reason why uh, it's important to uh, to support Bernie. I, I just recently traveled to Kansas City, Missouri last week. That was my first uh, campaign stop. And uh, and that Sunday night uh, met with uh, uh, the Muslim community. Uh, they they hosted me real well. We we uh, we we met at uh, one of the Muslim restaurants there. They cooked a great dinner for us. Uh, we had probably about 20 to 25 people uh, to come out and hear uh, what uh, burning was all about. And uh, people left there with campaign buttons and T-shirts and bumper stickers, and uh, and they were excited. Uh, and then Monday Monday afternoon, we did a luncheon uh, with some key leaders uh, in the community uh, who uh, haven't decided yet who they wanted to support. And uh, and a lot of them left there uh, saying that they wanted to support uh, Bernie Sanders. Matter of fact, I think one of the local uh, local politicians there uh, say that he was going to be uh, uh, coming out to endorse uh, Bernie Sanders. So uh, pe- people are feeling the burn, man, all over the country. And uh, every day, day after day after day, people are getting excited about this campaign. And uh, and and we're we're going to win this thing. I, I, one thing I want to point out is Iowa is the deciding factor in the in this election in this uh, in this caucus. Uh, uh, process and uh, people are feeling the burn in Iowa uh, so we want everyone to keep their attention on the state of Iowa um, Hillary Clinton was here a few weeks ago uh, in in Waterloo when she came there were only uh, about a hundred and forty five people who came out to hear Hillary Clinton uh, three days later uh, Bernie Sanders was in Waterloo uh, at a Saturday night event. The Saturday night before he was at my church uh, that Sunday. That Saturday night, Bernie Sanders had over 1,400 people in attendance. <laughs> so just just look at the numbers. Absolutely. Yeah, look at the numbers. People are saying yeah. that's awesome. When you when you hear corporate media say he's not winning in the polls, I just <laughs> They don't. They're not looking at where the people are. The people aren't on the phone. The people are on the streets. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't. You know, excuse my French, but I, don't, I don't give a shit about polls, man. It, it doesn't do anything for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That doesn't. That doesn't do anything for me. Like I said, Hillary. Hillary was way up in the polls. Uh, back in 2007, everyone thought she was going to win Iowa. Barack Obama came and won and became the president. So polls polls don't mean anything to me right now, and and the thing that people don't know about polls is that you know majority of the polls that are taken they're taken from landline phones, and the yeah. only people that got landline phones is old people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, every everybody everybody has a cell phone now. Everyone has a cell phone now. So uh, you know that that doesn't that doesn't mean anything. We're we're gonna win this thing. Bernie's going to be in the White House, and uh, and we're we're going to go forward with this thing. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I believe uh, Nate Silver recently came out with something saying that uh, he thought that Clinton had a wide range uh, likelihood of winning. And again, I mean, he's you know 
uh, uh, brilliant statistician and political scientist, but he's basing those off of the idea that there's not this surge in popularity going on right now, and that the polls that he's basing all that research off of aren't being are, are actually a accurate uh, depiction of what the voting demographic you know is actually going to be because we've never seen this sort of potential uh, voter turnout, and so all of these. Even you know it's still way too early to even start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Listening and the media wants us to think. Yeah. And 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 the polls, the polls are just speculations. That's mm -hmm. that's all it is. It's just speculation. Um, so, you know, all, all all that really matters is is that uh, you know these young people, these young people are excited about burning. Uh, they're they're excited about him, uh, and it's a different it's a different tone now that the Iowa caucus is in February uh, because uh, they're back in school now, so you know they can get out and go to the caucus and whatnot. I'm I'm actually uh, I'm actually a, a caucus captain or something. I whatnot. I can't remember what it was, but. Um, they they asked me to uh, the campaign asked me to kind of uh, uh, communicate you know between them and you know the uh, the caucus location to kind of you know give them numbers and see how everything is going. So uh, young young people are excited uh, about burning, and uh, and and everyone everyone is excited. Everyone is excited. If people are excited about Hillary Clinton. Running for president, I don't see it because when I when I drive around the state, I don't see yard signs, I don't see bumper stickers, I don't see nothing at all. So if they're excited, I I must be blind or something because I don't see no sign of it. Yeah, exactly. And then all the signs uh, of excitement for her are coming from Wall Street and you know those sort of uh, people, not from not from the grassroots, like you know. Right, like right, right. And 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 I and I want to I want to personally thank you know if there's anyone you know those who are watching, I want to personally thank all of the grassroots uh, movements and organizations who are out here working for Bernie. Um, that's those are the people that we tend to neglect uh, because they're out here working across the country. Uh, they're volunteering their time. Uh, they're they're giving their money, and uh, they're not being paid, and not given you know anything at all for what they're do. They're just excited about the campaign. So, if there's any people on here who's working in the grassroots movements across the country, uh, I personally want to thank you uh, on on behalf of Bernie because you guys are the real reason why this thing is succeeding so much. Absolutely, it can be a think a thankless job. You know, you get you know so many people out there just supporting because they it's something they believe in, and it's oftentimes hard to keep track of all the support, especially in this big of a movement. So, right. but we all right. we all exactly. see the fruits of that labor. You know, when he you know gets elected, and we can move you know forward and making this country better. You know, so it'll all pay so, off. So I I just I just. Yeah, I just hope I just hope when Bernie gets inaugurated, that uh, when when you guys go to D.C. to do footage of uh, the inauguration, that you guys remember to do an interview with me 
on on site. Oh, we'll find oh, you. I'll let y'all know right hey, now. We'll find you. Cross, cross, cross. <laughs> you're, you're gonna have to help us get in, I think. We'll be we'll be finding you anyway. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna have to take it. You in and we'll talk to you all night. Say, listen, absolutely, uh, absolutely. Hey, hey, Eddie, you got some comments? I know you got comments. Oh um, yes, we do. Questions? I want to hear some questions from the audience, please. Absolutely. Hello, Doctor Whitfield. I think you've seen me earlier. I'm Eddie. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. So let's begin. We have some questions by Chief Sexton. Going directly to you, Dr. Whitfield, does your congregation understand the differences between Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders? Of course they do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course, of course they do. Uh, my my con my congregation uh, my congregation uh, has been privileged uh, to uh, to witness Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders. Uh, Hillary Clinton was with us in 2007. Uh, Bernie was with us a few weeks ago, and I know that's two different times, um, but uh, they they know they know the difference. Although I can't speak about it from the pulpit, uh, when we get outside in the parking lot, that's a different story. Awesome. All right. Um, can you take more questions? I don't want to. Of course. Yes, sir. Yes, yes, sir. Make sure, right. Just make sure that make make sure they're not yeah. mean questions. Yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> Yeah. Public mods took care of that. Pretty awesome. Yeah. All right. Yeah. From. All right. Actually. Okay. From Le Boom to Boom. Can you ask him? Does Does he know about anything about how the Irish retreated America and how did they handle it? Oh wow. Mm, that's <laughs> that, that's, that's a question. Good, that's, <laughs> that's that's a good that's a good question. Yeah. I uh. And I should know that since I'm a Boston Celtics fan. <laughs> uh, but no, I'm I'm sorry. I I have to I have to get back to you on that question. All right, sounds good. Don't. That's all good. All right, let's see. <laughs> oh my God. That's that's you know I'll just say Eddie. Uh, that's an instance of uh, just more racism within America. It's yeah. It's the story. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, we have a tendency right. to to get racist. I'm not sure why. Um, yeah. 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 Sad. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's continue. I'm sorry these questions get sadder and like, like you know, they're really good, but you know, I don't know. My thoughts yeah, no. are pretty sad. I'm so sorry. <laughs> sorry. Um, from wet dog bed. How many years does police killings have to do with no political changes and people being passive and people being passive before we force a change? Wow. I don't I don't know how to respond to that. Answer answer that question one more time. Okay. How many years do police killings have to go on with no political con changes? I'm sorry. Changes in people oh. being passive before we force a change. It's a it's a rhetorical. Wow, wow. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. That's a good question. Um you know it it, it takes it takes the community uh, to really help, you know, answer that question. Uh, you know, it, it's going to take the community to keep on fighting, uh, to keep on letting our voices be heard. Uh, we and we have to, you know, go back to the civil rights movement. You know, if they if they want to treat, you know, this present day like the civil rights movement, let's do like they did back then. We got to get out. We got to march. Uh, we got to march on these streets. Uh, we have to hold these vigils. 
We got to do everything that we can. We got to go down to city hall, stand on the steps. Uh, we got to let our voices be heard and just let them know that we're tired of what's going on. So it's, it's just a matter of us continuing uh, to speak our minds. All right. From Joseph DeGroote. From Joseph DeGroot, thank you guys for thank you guys for doing this. And what does the Reverend think about the situation with fair voting in this country? I don't know. I'm pretty vague on this. I'll try to answer it myself. I don't think well, it. I don't think it's pretty fair. Yeah. Well, the, I would say the interesting thing is how, I mean, that's basically what they went from being outright uh, uh, kind of systematically having racism to kind of institutionalize to the fact that now, I mean, voting rights are again under attack. I mean, instead of, uh, you know, what was it? They had like reading tests and they had pull, uh, they had taxes uh, for voting. And, you know, instead of that, now they're just making it harder through, uh, you know, mass incarceration and then taking away people's voting rights through that and through uh, gerrymandering districts. And I mean, they're just, it's pretty clear that the you know that that certain Republicans and a majority of the Republicans in the Senate, you know, they're purposely controlling their districts in order to not even push those policies, but just to stay in charge in the first place. And um, so it's just it's just institutionalized, and it's 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 just carrying on. Uh, uh, Old ways, even though the parties shifted so far to the right, uh, they're they're still at it, you know. And now the left is where we are, which is kind of having these these poli these politicians that are basically center center left. <coughs> so it, it's it's all it's all about money. It's all about money. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's what it is, and it's not about what the needs are of the community. It, it's about money. So a lot of these politicians in these in these high positions. Uh, are being controlled by money, just like uh, like Hillary Clinton is. Uh, so it's all it's all about money and how much they can get into their pockets. And uh, and and whenever they slip something into their hand and into their pockets, then uh, whoever is giving it to them, uh, that's that's the direction that they're going to go. Uh, so it's not about the needs of the people anymore. It's about what they can get uh, to to help them out personally. Yeah, yeah, that's a great way to put it. Yeah, I think we were. Uh, those were all the questions we had for now. Um, yeah, actually, uh, Sean, not to keep the doc uh, alive. I know you had to uh, take off. Uh, you said a little time after eight thirty. So uh, yes, go. Uh, we're good. Uh, you have any last statements you want to make, uh, Dr. Whitfield? Just anything you'd like to say to. Uh, the Bernie supporters, I know you kind of made some awesome statements already. But, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the only only thing that I would say to the Bernie supporters is uh, is uh, just continue to get the word out about Bernie Sanders. Uh, you know, let's, let's start up as many grassroots uh, movements as possible. If you have any local grassroots movements in your area, uh, please join them. Uh, they need all the volunteers that you guys can get. Uh, if if people need uh, you know volunteer information or if you guys need uh, uh, information about the campaign like pamphlets or whatever, uh, just just let us know and uh, we'll make sure we get it to you. But we're trying to mobilize and uh, and and spread the word out all over the country about Bernie Sanders. So 
uh, just just stay encouraged and uh, as always just continue to feel the burn thank you very much sir yes thank you guys for having me absolutely